it's Janice Lee. Welcome back to my podcast. Today, I virtually have my beautiful sister, Bernice, with me as a guest. So as you know, on my podcast, I wanted it to be a place where you can talk about everything, including the uncommon things people don't really talk about as often. Um, There's something comforting in knowing that someone has shared your similar experiences and struggles. So today, I wanted to talk about IVF. I know there's a lot of people out there who's gone through um, IVF, but the struggles are not talked about as um, as often as you know we should. Um, my sister Bernice has had her personal experience with IVF, and I wanted her to come on today to share her experience. So let's just get right into it. So my sister and my brother-in-law have been married since 2015. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how long have you been trying to conceive? We've been trying to conceive officially for three years now. Three years. Wow. And um, so how long did you try before you decided, you know, IVF is, is the way to go? Yeah, I remember this decision really vividly. Um, it was on St. Patty's Day. Dan uh, and I woke up. And he turned to me, so sweet, and said, I think we should we should officially start trying. We should get off your birth control. And um, it was a big shock because uh, we had been talking about having kids, but uh, in the recent years, we've been feeling a lot more pressure from family and friends um, by their direct and indirect questions about having kids. And so we were definitely feeling the pressure. Um, anyway, that morning when I officially decided, we officially decided to get off birth control, we kind of joked about me taking full advantage about uh, drinking on St. Patty's Day um, because we thought we're going to get pregnant so fast. It's going to happen so fast for us. I even like went to the extent on planning best time to get pregnant um, just so it would be the most convenient for work. Um, little did we know that we would have to take an alternative path um, to become parents. Wow. And for those of you guys who, um, those out there who don't know what um, IVF stands for, can you tell us what it is exactly? Yeah, so IVF is um, it's a method for struggling um, individuals that are trying to conceive naturally. Um, it's in vitro fertilization. Um, it's a process where you fertilize uh, an egg and a sperm outside of the body, and it involves monitoring and simulating a woman's ovaries um, in a laboratory. So if you are successful and lucky enough, um, you do come out with uh, healthy embryos um, to transfer into a woman's body in order for her to get pregnant. Okay. So what would someone um, expect if they wanted to start the IVF journey? So the journey is going to be super emotional, both physically and emotionally. Um, it's like a roller coaster. Um, there's going to be lots of doctor's appointments, um, even more shots, tons of fear, a lot of self-doubt. But ultimately, oh, and um, if you're really lucky, uh, a growing family. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the hope. Um, someone going through this, how do you go about choosing a doctor? 
Yeah, so I want to say Dan and I did intensive research before we selected a doctor, but ultimately we ended up going with Kaiser because that was a health plan that my company was on. Um, there was two locations that were offered through IPF, and we ultimately chose the one closest to our house, which was still about 30 minutes away. Um, we went with a doctor with good reviews, <laughs> um, and one that was available first. And even then, that took about three months in order for us to lock down an appointment. So, um, who knew IVF was going to be so common? Yeah. Um, what tell tell us about your first consultation and what was that like? Yeah. So we we did our part. We went online. Um, did our research, jot down as many questions as possible. Um, when we first initially met with our doctor, he seemed nice. He walked us through the process, what to expect, what to expect on the medical front, um, helped us craft up a plan. Um, first things first is you have to run tests, right, to figure out why you're struggling to conceive. In this case, it turns out that Dan um, did have low sperm count. Um, which is a pretty common factor uh, one out of three couples struggle with um, when trying to get pregnant. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. That's good to know. Um, how do you guys feel about coming out? How did you guys feel about coming out of the consultation? Yeah, I remember feeling really hopeful. Uh, like, finally, there was a plan in place, and we were ready to execute it. Yeah. So now that you guys had a plan in place, what walk us through what your days would look like going through IVF. Days are extremely long, um, completely inconvenient, as you can imagine. Um, as I mentioned before, my doctor's appointment was about 30 minutes away from my house. But with the inconvenience, um, I also started a brand new job in the city, which was an hour and a half away from my doctor's appointment. So typical um, morning would start off at 4.55 um, and then I would immediately head over to the doctor's appointment. Most clinics do not accept um, appointments for ultrasound and blood work, uh, which you have to go basically every other day going through the process. Um, so it literally is first come first serve. So um, I remember going in very vividly on my first appointment for my ultrasound and blood work is one holy crap, there are so many people waiting in the waiting room. So it's a mixed feeling, right? Like, one, you feel like, thank God I'm not alone going through this. Um, but then on the other hand, it kind of sucks. Like, why us? Why are we all in this situation together? Yeah. But anywho, going back to uh, the day, so the nurse uh, will draw my blood. We then go in, meet with the doctor to do the ultrasound, just to make sure everything's going well. And then if I'm really, really lucky from the time I wake up to finally when I walk into my office doors, I'm there by 8.30. And I'll repeat this basically every other day until the day of my retrieval. And then from the day of the retrieval, uh, we do this thing called trigger, um, which basically is just preparing your body to for your transfer where the embryo is then transfer um, into a woman. Um, what I gotta say is, like, leading up to that, because there's so many hormones that you're being injected with, like, your boobs are totally huge. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never been so big in my life. 
Um, they're extremely sensitive and sore. Um, their stomach is bloated. I mean, I literally broke out on my chin so severely, and I'm pretty sure my hair was breaking, like falling out. Um, so trying to balance all of that um, for the big day was something I didn't prepare. I, I didn't prepare for. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I appreciate you being honest about you know all the side effects because I don't think people really talk about that either. Like, you know, the hoops that you have to jump through just to get to where you want to be with this whole process. I couldn't imagine like how emotionally and physically taxing it must have been for you. So you and I have talked about your IVF struggles, but one of the things that we talked about is. For example, people who are not going through IVF trying to give you advice. And tell us a little bit more about how that feels. I'm kind of smirking right now because this is probably the number one pet peeve of mine. It's a trigger point. Um, it's okay to have these conversations with people. Um, I, obviously, going through this, have been more mindful of asking people about, like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Are you dating someone? Are you going to have kids? Because it's such a private matter. Um, because going through this, people will ask. And then I try to do it in the most polite way with, you know, we're trying. And immediately, people want to offer advice. They automatically want to ask you, have you tried acupuncture? Have you tried the method of putting your legs up in the air? Have you tried eating this prune? I mean, anything you can think of, yes, I've done it before. We both have done it before. We both have been online hours on and just testing out everything. So simply, if a person is willing to share with you, um, I, my advice to others is just listen. Just be a listening ear. You you don't have to offer advice. We don't want to hear it. Trust me. Yeah, especially because you've tried everything. And I remember it was one of the most annoying things for you was when um, people would say, oh, you know, don't stress. And you were like, obviously, oh I'm trying not to stress. So. Yeah, that can set me off in like a second. The moment someone says, don't stress. Like, oh my god, why did I think of that? Why, why am I stressing? Like, yeah. don't even start with me. Yeah, well, now we know because I know I was a uh, one of those people that would remind you not <laughs> to stress. And, well, mom, our mom would be one of, number one on um, that champion um, that would tell you not to stress. And I think that was her way of being supportive, but I know it irked your nerves. And now I understand why it did. Um, it's just one of those things, like, please don't give any advice unless you've been there. And if you have not been there, you have no right to tell me what what I should be doing, how I should feel, because Lord knows I've been doing it. So but here's the thing. It's like, because I've gone through it, you know, you can't expect people to just know what your triggering points are. So, to the example of mom, like, the fact that I later learned that was a trigger and being able to approach it and share with her why it's a trigger, um, she stopped doing it. She stopped doing it because she didn't know she, it was bothering me. And I think we're in such a better place now because I was able to be so upfront about it, mm -hmm. educating people where I'm at, where my mind state is at, um, and how to better support me. So I think if you are um, a friend, 
friend or a family member of someone that is going through IVF, I think the better question for you um, to ask those individuals is, how can I support you? I think that's a better question than offering advice. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that stuck out for me is like you said that because you're going through all of this, you're more mindful of the questions that you ask other people. Like same, you know, everyone asks you, because you've been in a relationship long term, it's like natural for people to say, oh, um, but if you're in a long term relationship, it's the next question is like, oh, when you're going to get married. And the next question after that is like, once you get married, it's like, oh, when are you going to have kids? Um, and that's very interesting because it is the same feeling, right? When people keep on asking you these questions that you just, you just don't have the answer to. <laughs> you almost want to shout, I don't know, when I get there, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so back to this IVF situation. What have you learned throughout this IVF process? There's been a lot of lessons, but... The ones that stick out for me is connecting with um, the IVF community, whether it's a small group of friends or family that have gone through it or like an official support group. Um, that's been critical for my mental well-being. There's something really special and empowering about being able to speak to people that have either gone through it uh, or going through it. Because when you hear, I know, or I understand, it's they really do. And that, I find it very comforting. You almost find that this community, there's like a no judgment law, mm -hmm. right? Because there are some really dark thoughts that cross your mind as you're going through it and add that with lots of guilt. So having a soundboard is really a weight lifted. And to be honest, the IVF community for me has been more helpful than any informational website out there. I mean, not on a medical advice front, but just for my mental health. Um, the other lessons I've learned along the way is uh, to be kind and stop blaming yourself. Um, bad days are temporary. That was a big one for me. I constantly have to remind myself that bad days are temporary. Yeah. And then it's okay to cry and then also laugh a lot. Um, humor has really helped me uh, cope. Yeah. One of the things, too, that I remember you telling me um, is... Also, you limit your social media intake because it could be, it could feel defeating every time you see someone post another post about another pregnancy. And although you're happy for them, I remember you sharing with me, like, it just, it stings just a little and you don't, you, you don't want to be unhappy from them. You're genuinely happy for them, but it does hurt. And especially because social media just highlights all of the positive things and all of like the big announcements like pregnancy, marriages, and once you're flooded with the with those, you know, that feed, it does it you can't help but get to you. Yeah, um that's definitely one that I I wanna add to the list is like I immediately got off social media after um, in October. Um, and I ha I've been off of it ever since. And you're absolutely right. Um, it's a very complex feeling with you want to share the joy of those around you that are so lucky enough to conceive, mm -hmm. right? You want to share that joy, but in a very small, selfish way. And then you end up beating yourself up for it. It's like you feel sad for yourself too. Right. And so along the way, I, 
I have really learned that it's okay for you to have both emotions and maybe even more to being happy for someone but also sad for yourself. Yeah. Throughout this journey, um, what are some things that you wish you knew? Um, I wish I knew that it was going to be 100% inconvenient for your daily routine. Appointments will always conflict with your work and personal plans. Um, IVF is not a sure thing. So if you're one of the lucky ones, you'll only need to go through it uh, one round. But in reality, most people will probably have to face multiple rounds. Um, Dan and I are actually on our third round right now. Mm -hmm. um, each one has been emotionally, physically different. I mean, take the latest one, for example. Um, we literally just completed my egg retrieval the day before California announced a mandatory shelter in place, which meant that my clinic closed down. Um, so in a way, it was kind of a blessing, right? Because I was able to retrieve my eggs. But um, on the flip side, uh, we're in a, we're at a standstill. Um, now we just wait. So wow, yeah. So I feel like the entire process seems like it would naturally shift the dynamic of anyone's relationship. Um, how do you think, or how do you think it's impacted yours, or do you think it impacted it at all? Dan is my best friend, um, so going through it with him has brought us even closer together in many ways. It goes back to the IVF community. Um, your partner understands what you're going through. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, he didn't do. He didn't, he wasn't getting those shots physically himself, but he was there conducting every shot by my side every single time. So. For me, it was really important to learn to lean on each other and continue to lift each other up. Yeah. Well, that's true. I think in a relationship, any relationship, just being by each, other, each other's side is so important and also having that open line of communication. But what I really want to know is how many times did you really want to murder him? <laughs> um, surprisingly, probably only once. Oh. Um, but then I thought, you can live today because I probably will need more of your sperm. Dan <laughs> lives to see another day. Another day. Well, lucky him. And again, thank you so much for your honesty. Um, and thank you for sharing your story. Um, we'll wrap it up um, for the IVF episode for today. I mean, I would love to welcome you back to hear your updates and I say that to be uh to sound super official and professional but the truth is you're my sister so you have to come back anytime I ask you <laughs> to come on my podcast so you really don't have a choice okay that's until you have celebrity guests and then I'll be begging you to be on your show oh yes I'll be like I'm sorry I can't schedule you in and I'll be talking talk to my producer talk to my producer and I'll be talking with an accent because that's what classy people do who have leveled up in the world <laughs> naturally okay well that's it for today thank you everyone for tuning in and hanging out with us till the next topic i tackle i'm your host janice lee